And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at the University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host this evening, Kamyar Marabian, joined by my co-host and Stephen Brown. Like We didn't podcast yesterday, and now we're, we're coming back uh, Monday Monday night. So uh, to recap this second spring game in a row, Stephen, how's life? What what's What's going on, man? Uh, well, I, I'm officially a survivor. I guess not uno- unofficially a survivor of COVID. An unofficial survivor. Of Maybe COVID. it was just the flu. I don't know. I never got tested. Uh, but I went. I like told you, you get tested like two times. Yeah, it just didn't happen. And I checked up on you. I didn't have any. Didn't have any power either. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> I live in that one part of the city that just got destroyed. Yep. Okay, how long ago? How long ago did you get power? So we lost it the. Tuesday of the ice storm and got it back the Sunday following. Sunday wow. or Monday, I can't remember. That sucks, man. That sucks. This? And Jack still doesn't, I don't think. <laughs> like the last time I, I talked haven't heard him, from Jack in a while. I think Jack. I think Jack didn't have his on Saturday. Still, when the last time I talked to him, that's unbelievable to me. Like, like my power, it went out. What for like six hours Monday night from three to like nine, and then or like no, it was like yeah, for four, it was like three to seven, and then I was like, okay, we're in the clear, and then the next day went out from 10 a.m. to like Wednesday late night, so it was only like a total of like 20 hours. But you were like in the dark for a week, so like, how did you survive? It's kind of a cheat code, we had a generator. Ah, see, Uh, but uh, you couldn't run it the whole time. That's the thing. You have to you have to pause the generator. So what we did was, we kept the generator on during the day, uh-huh. and then about one o'clock, one a.m., you cut uh, it, turn, cut it off, until and then the turn it on that light. Yeah, that makes sense. So it wasn't terrible. Yeah. Um, nights were weird though. It was just really quiet, really dark. Yeah, really strange. You know, and here's here's some pro tips. Did you know, like, if instead of like a dumbass candle. Uh, if you have charging available, like you sit in your car or whatever to charge your phone, that, if you need a light just like that, that's very bright, just putting it under a water bottle, like over your your flashlight on your phone oh. will illuminate like an entire room, like really well. It's I didn't like know a, that. It's like the reflection. That makes sense, Yeah, like I, I was, because my house, when we lost power, and I was still like, I was still like, I wasn't giving up hope or anything. Uh, because I thought, okay, the first time power went out, went out for like six hours. And then I just so I kept on waiting and then waiting. And I was like, okay, maybe we'll turn on tonight because it was pretty soon the last time because we live right next to a fire station. So, like, ours is usually the, one of the first ones to get re- reinstored, restored. And we ended up, like, we, we, we pinned some sheets to, like, the in the kitchen area. Like, we put some sheets right. up and then just, like, boiled some water and, like, turned on the oven. And we kept all the warmth in there, so that was like really nice. And that was like, it was a you know have to make it live, make it work. There, I imagine like there are some of our listeners that still don't have power. That sucks, man. Yeah, it does suck. We actually here's the here's the bad part of it because I feel kind of guilty. We got power back. I think it was the Sunday morning, and then it went out shortly after. And I was like, why would it go out again? Like they just fixed it. Yeah. And I guess. 
I live close to 23rd in May, mm-hmm. and I guess one of the workers touched like a live line. <laughs> and I don't know if he's died, but last time I checked, it was not a good situation. <laughs> so I felt kind of guilty for complaining about like, oh my god, we just got power, and now it's already out. And this dude's just frying like down the street. I'll, ne- I'll never forget when the big ice storm in 2008. Remember that one? You yeah, know, I didn't have to go to school for like forever. For like two weeks, yeah. <laughs> that was the greatest. Um, but uh, I think it's 2008. Is that 08 or 09? And our, we had we had trees in our backyard, and we lived in Moore. And I live in Moore currently before like we probably moved down to Norman eventually. But uh, definitely in a place where the lines aren't buried. And we had these big old oak trees in the backyard. And they completely just collapsed the lines. And we were on like day 13 of no power. And my stepdad gets on the phone with OG and he's like, when are you guys going to fix this? <laughs> and like, sir, there's like literally 9 million people that don't have power right now. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, but this thing's live. I'm going to fix it myself. And like, sir, please don't do that. Don't <laughs> touch the wire. He's like, no, I'm going to fix it myself. And... Uh, they came out like the early the next morning and repaired it, and so <laughs> it's like I. But yeah, we uh, we got lucky because our neighbors still had power, so we used uh, their generator and just like plugged in the heat and uh, the the heat and uh, like the lights and or or something like that. Go. So it was it was pretty pretty okay. It wasn't bad, but that to be said, man, we're here to talk about a football game. Kind of a football game. It's you know. We, the Sooners win 62. It should have been 62 to three, and that was like the most garbage of garbage <laughs> touchdowns to end the game. It's just like they didn't kick the extra point, and Oklahoma covers the spread by more more than enough. And you know, you got if you wanted another spring game, you got it, man. <laughs> what is there anything to gain from this at all? I'm gonna lead towards no. Um... I mean, Oklahoma didn't have the best start offensively, and you kind of saw that they just didn't find a rhythm for a while. Do you think they didn't take Kansas seriously? It's a little bit of that, but, I mean, if you listen to any former player, they say, I mean, Kansas is the hardest game to wake up for because you know it's going to win. It was dead quiet. It's going to take forever. it was dead quiet. The stadium atmosphere is usually trash, Mm -hmm. um, especially during COVID. So not only do you not have – you have Kansas on the field, you have COVID in the stands just being quiet, so – um, it was just a weird atmosphere altogether. Oh, the defense, I thought, uh, brought their own juice. I mean, they they looked alive. They played alive. So I, that was one takeaway. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, it was an odd game to watch for sure. Like, it was dead quiet. It seemed like there was, like, no energy on the field whatsoever. And then they just whooped Kansas' ass uh, from got, beginning. Like, three- Zoom ins on Spencer Rattler's ass on the sideline. Yeah, that was that was great, and they kept on like, replaying it. And I'm like, why are you showing this man's ass cheeks? And I'm like, and then I'm like wondering why why his face and his butt are the same color. Like, wouldn't you expect him to be more tan on the face? Like, why are they the same color? Did you tweet that out at all? No. Probably like, a good thing. Yeah, I mean, like I'm just saying, like everybody's ass is not the same color as their face. Because you see the sun, like that, I'd be very concerned if. Is this why they don't let us into post game uh, interviews. <laughs> Man, they would Press enjoy conferences. us. They would enjoy us <laughs> post game interviews. 
I'm the, we're asking the we're, in, we're asking and saying the real things. Spencer, uh, you played a great game today. What what's up with the you're asking the same color as your face? Yeah, and they showed your they showed your ass on on TV <laughs> several times, and we we, we just we, we wanted to know. God. <laughs> My God, it's just no, that was that was fantastic. Uh, that was weird, but yeah, just a real weird game where the Sooner just completely just obliterated Kansas. Nothing a lot, not a lot to learn other than the defense plays really well against bad offenses. Uh, I mean, the Oklahoma's defensive line just li- like when we say live in the backfield, of course we don't mean it literally, we figuratively mean it normally. But Oklahoma's defense was they were in the backfield all day, and they I think they tied a team record of sacks. I think it was nine. It's incredible, and the last time Les Miles was in Norman, they lost uh, 52-9. to That's that 2003 squad, and that OSU team had Woods, Fields, Tatum Bell, probably Sam A's. I don't know. They weren't very good, so maybe. <laughs> um, but Ramondre Stevenson, Ronnie Perkins, you've seen them against two teams, two defenses that aren't good, and... But you've seen them in these two games be dominant, where other players have remained pretty above average. If Oklahoma had both Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson for the Kansas State game and the Iowa State game, do you think they net one or two of those games? Oh, there's no question they win both those games. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I mean, he just transforms that backfield. Um, he gives them some physicality, gives them some, uh, some, some uh, speed. And really, I mean, he's really good in the passing game. We saw the one-handed catch look like Joe Mixon out there. Um, on the opposite side, Ronnie Perkins, I think, is the answer that everybody was looking for. Is like, how do we find a leader on this field? How do we get guys motivated? I mean, you just put Ronnie Perkins out there, and it takes that defense to a whole other level. Man, imagine Ronnie Perkins being able to play against Iowa State when <sighs> that's frustrating. And then he should have played against Texas, and then that didn't happen either. Gosh, man, that's terrible. But yeah, Les Miles, that sucks. That's uh, that's really sucks for him to have just a really, really, really like this team. Doesn't this Kansas team feel like really especially bad? Like one of the worst Kansas teams you've seen in a long time. Yeah, and I think they one of the best things that they actually said um, the announcers was that this team's pretty young. And if you follow Kansas before, they relied on a lot of JUCO guys, whereas Les Miles is trying to build this team up from true freshmen, uh, redshirt freshmen, that kind of that kind of thing. It's the process. So it makes sense that this team probably isn't there um, where they will be in about two years. But makes even sense. then, the ceiling doesn't look that good. Yeah, they're running back. Uh, I know him personally, and so it was really cool to see him get to have some. I mean, he got stuffed all day except on one run. Um, he got almost decapitated by, gosh, Laurent, not Lauren Stokes, but uh, Ronnie Perkins. But uh, yeah, that was that was cool. But yeah, Ronnie Perkins clearly, clearly, clearly raises the bar on on the defensive line, which was already pretty stout and pretty good. And then you put you pit them against Tech, you pit them against you pit them against, of course, KU, who's awful, and they've come away with Tech. They they were just. Blop, just like completely stopping things in the backfield, blowing things up, 
and and for K KU, just completely killing everything in sight. And the Ramondre Stevenson, my gosh, I don't know how to really describe him, other He's than like Garrett Blunt, but like not as fast. A chubby Marshawn Lynch, like a yeah. wide Marshawn Lynch. I don't know. Eddie Lacy wasn't a bad comparison. I could see a little bit, not not pro Eddie Lacy, but Alabama Eddie Lacy. Yeah, I I feel like I need to like go back and look at tape on him and Damian Williams because I feel like they could have similar impacts on the game, but for various reasons. I be I feel like both have a really low center of gravity. Both have tremendous upper body strength, and both were used in the in the past game well. But I I can't remember if how fluid how fluid Damian Williams' hips were when he was jump-cutting and making cuts and all that stuff. That's pretty clean. I don't know. Um, Hazelwood gets his first start, gets the play. He has a few catches. What do you think? Uh, it wasn't bad. I didn't really expect anything from Jaden Hazelwood, um, at least this week, especially getting back in there late. Um, I think, what was it? Was it Thursday night when he put up that video, said he was back? So he would have been clear yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah, So, I mean, obviously he hasn't had a lot, of, a lot of time to develop in the offense, whereas guys like Drake Stoops would have chemistry with Spencer Rattler already. Um, but he looked good. He looked healthy. I don't think he lost a step. He does look a little bit skinnier, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe he lost a little bit of weight. Um, but overall, I mean, it was a good, good outing for him. I think we'll see him kind of get worked in against Oklahoma State more. Do you think he'll be a factor against Oklahoma State, or do you think that this year's just kind of kind of it's just kind of like a meh uh, year for him that he's not using any eligibility, and he's just kind of there to develop with the offense and be ready for the next year? It doesn't seem like he's going to be that playmaker this year that we right. all thought he was maybe going to be. Yeah, I think he'll get some catches, some big catches against OSU, but I don't think his impact this season's really going to be felt just because it's so late. Right. Whereas guys, you got like Marvin Mims, Theo Weiss starting to come on, Austin Stogner. Those guys have already developed that chemistry and been on that field for so long that it's kind of hard to make room for him at this point. Of course, yeah. And, you know, if you had to rank the receivers one to five right now, who, who, who? How would you? How would you rate those guys? Like one, of course, being the best or most. most Are you throwing Stogner in there as well? Yeah, yes, yeah, throw Stogner in there too, in the H H bags. I'll probably go. Uh, I think Marvin Mims is the, uh, the honest to god number one. He's the leading receiver um, on the team right now, and he just looks different out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a toss up between Weiss and Stogner. I think I think Weiss probably is going to edge him out eventually, but Stogner, um, the way he's utilized, just makes him more valuable at the moment. Yep. So we'll go Stogner two, Weiss three. Uh, what about Drake Stoops at four? What do you think about that? I love that because he make he makes the tough catches. Yeah. He's not really a you know a home run threat by any means, but that that catch that, the comeback. He's that Hunter Renfro dude. He's the one that finds he makes holes the tough in the zone. ones, gets he the first down. Catches. Yeah. He's got, he's got a little bit of cuts, too. Yeah, he's got a little bit. He's got a little bit uh, of wiggle. Not much acceleration. Not much. But uh, we'll go Stoops 4 and then Hall 5. You Did you not say... Um, oh. Did you not say... Who, Chicken who, Rambo? No. Who's, who's QB... Who's the... Why did, who's, who is second in the team of receptions? Why am I blanking on this man's name? I thought it was Weiss. 
Is it Weiss? Theo Weiss? Yeah. Did you say Weiss? At three, yeah. Oh. I thought you. T- I I thought you said somebody else. I was like, are you really leaving out leaving out Weiss? Because you said Mims one. Who's two? Uh, Stogner. Stog two. Weiss three. Okay. Drake and. Uh, Jeremiah Hall. That's my fifth. Hmm. I think Mikey Henderson's a better better option there, but right. Hall, I mean, he's got the he's offense He's got the experience down. and everything yeah. else. I would say number one is Theo Weiss. I I like how he catches. He He's becoming very reliable. He may not be the deep play threat yet, and he may not be like a guy that, you know, he's really not a receiver that is going to, He's not. He's really not a receiver Oklahoma's had in a while. He's not a deep threat, and he's not a guy that is going to take a slant a hundred yards or whatever at sixty to the house. He seems like a very smooth player that's just like very very reliable, like a Joaquin Iglesias almost. Is he like uh, a true freshman, CD Lamb in a way? I don't know about where he's not going to break the big play too often, but he's just very consistent he's been yeah he's been he's definitely been building on his consistency and so i would go with theo weiss um man that's tough yeah uh i would go stogner second i would go marvin mims third just because of how much of a true freshman he is i he's been consistent so i I don't have a reason not to put him higher um man those three Yes, Stoops at four, and I don't want to put Hall at five. I don't know who else I would put at five. You know, McGowan's been yeah, yeah, hit like, and miss. Like, I don't want to say, like, the running backs, because that's such a cop-out answer, but they've been throwing right. to them a lot. It, but No room for Charlie Rambo? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You notice who's not on the list? Charleston Rambo. He was. He's had not, the one big game early, and... yeah. That's about it. Charleston Rambo's credibility it was off of horribly thrown Jalen Hurts balls that were across his body across the field that Charleston Rambo happened to house because of the offensive line, who was all the receiver, and who Jalen Hurts was. And so he got his credibility off of that. And people just assumed, oh, he's a second leading receiver, you know, despite CeeDee Lamb gaining like doubles and triple coverages everywhere following him. And, and I was thinking about this the other day. Like, Charles and Rambo's, is he even a top 20 player on the offense? Right now? Yeah. Top 20 isn't, like, overall? Mm-hmm. That includes, uh, that, that, inclu- that includes linemen. He's probably, like, 18, 19. He's, he would he's, be he's fringe, at the right? Yeah, he's a fringe guy. Isn't that awful? It's a pretty, pretty big fall from Grace. Um... I mean, credit to or no credit to OU for using him the way they did early on. Right. I mean, they they tried to, they tried set. to, yeah, they tried to use him like they used D.D. Westbrook. They tried to use him like they used a lot of receivers. He's just not that guy. Yeah, he's not. A, he's not a feature guy. Um, he was a good a compliment to C.D. Lamb, but yeah, he's a straight line speed guy. He takes the top off of defenses. He relieved the intermediate routes for C.D. Lamb to really kill the intermediate routes. He's the one that was taking a safety with him all the time. Right. And so, I mean, that's in, and when people doubled CD, he would get his, he would get his payday and it's just not, it's not working out for him. And I feel, I feel bad 
I feel bad for the guy. He's going to get squeezed out even more with Hazelwood back. And then when Trajan Bridges stops smoking so much weed, or not <laughs> not only when he stops smoking so much weed, like you can smoke all you want, bro. Just like stop doing it for like a week and a half and pass the drug test, then go back to doing what you're doing. Um, but it's just it's just like, <laughs> it, wait, it, wait, this is 2020. We, we were talking, yeah. like guys listening to the podcast, we talked about several things before the podcast and i was like why are we recording this is what the people want to hear <laughs> like alcoholism is so much more of a detriment to your health Some than than <laughs> who I'm, I'm not me but i'm sure there's some scientists out there that says it's bad well, some scientists a long time ago said it was bad for girls to be in school because sitting on the hard chairs all day would ruin the reproductive organs. So, I mean, that's that's sad, too. That's kind of messed up. But I'm, it, alcoholism is much worse for your body and your brain than using marijuana. I'm not – okay, using like heroin and, and, like cro- and cocaine, that's so different than using marijuana. I think it's well, just so stupid. heroin never hurt anybody. Shut up. <laughs> it's just it's just ridiculous and we were talking about like how far our country has come in from five years to ten years ago as far as the national perception of weed and i'm sure a lot of it has to do with like seth rogan's stoner movies kind of like like popularizing it in pop culture and like everybody's like oh yeah they do it and they're really casual and funny and then of course then it, it and then it was like oh the californians and colorado hippies can have it and then now it's just like everybody because a lot of people use it for medicinal purposes, not just because it's, it's a medicine now. And it, a lot of people, yeah, use it for medicinal purposes, and it's not like people are always like Dave Chappelle from the, the movie Half Baked, which is a great movie, by the way. Have you seen that? Which movie? Half Baked. I don't think so. Oh man, it's old. It's like a '90s movie. Um, it's really great. It's really <clears throat> great. But uh, some it's not great right now, or at least it was not great during the game. On Saturday, like the, you, would you agree that Saturday's game was more along the lines of it's Kansas, just don't get anybody hurt before Bedlam? I think there's that thought going into it a little bit, yeah. That was my only thought about this game. We all know, like, this this game was like the least stressful thing out of everything everybody experienced in the last week until Saturday so morning. Listening to, was it Bill or Tom Luganville? Yeah talk for two hours three hours that sucked but uh yeah and, 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 and like that that crew sucked by the way they called Jade, his lips they called jade on hazelwood but oh, yeah <laughs> yeah that was just bad hazelwood's dad replied to that and said that's not what i call him yeah i love that and he said he sent hazelwood's me dad. he sent me yeah uh, like a uh a meme, no, 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 I mean, like an emoji or like a wow, really, or something like that. Um, after I said that, too, he replied to me as well. I was very surprised. I didn't it was just... like Trajan Bridges was up there with Luganville, and they're both smoking one. Yeah, probably, probably would have made the broadcast better. I don't know. <laughs> that that was just awful. But Riley, um, he kept Spencer Rattler and Stogner, and Stogner actually never came back in the game. And R- Riley even today said it was kind of like a dirty hit by Kansas, which I don't think it was. Stogner's just like nine feet tall, so every part of him is knee. But what what are your thoughts now, knowing what Riley said about having deep bruises and that, that they'll be fine, 
what are your thoughts on Riley still playing Rattler after it was clear he was very bothered, um, not only on the field but off the field when he's like yelling at his parents in the stands, "Hey, this hurts. I can't feel it." Or, "Hey, this. I don't. I'm hurt. I don't know what's wrong." He's like literally on national TV pointing at what hurts and where, and he's talking to his parents. What are your feelings about that? You know, I was. At first, I thought that they needed to pull him right away. I mean, because the game was already out of hand. And if you watch anything Mordecai did, he could have easily put that game away himself. Um, and which we'll, we might talk about that later. But um, it was kind of a weird move by Riley to not pull him right when he was injured. Right when you saw those, uh, those like he couldn't put his weight on his left leg pretty much and follow through on the throws. And then I thought the the weirdest thing was when they called him to lead block on the following play. Yeah, and this man's running like the, an old guy. On the reverse. I was like, what is what is Lincoln Riley doing? Yeah. So I don't know if he just didn't understand the situation, but it was pretty obvious that Spencer Rattler was not not the best option at quarterback at that time. Um, looking back at it, I don't think there was any big risk of him getting more hurt other than, you know, just getting a blindside hit. Right. Um, on that reverse, but um, no, I think it's is a bad move by Linker Dryley. I was I was losing my mind. I I, I was, don't think it was awful. I just think it was it was kind of dumb. I just it was kind of dumb. I was losing my mind, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, why is this? This is Kansas. Even if like you tweak something, you send him out and make sure like he's good to go for the next week. You can't lose somebody to Kansas. And, you know, I, I really hated, I really, really hated that decision. You know, it, it seemed like he was definitely not going to come back in. And then he came back in, and they're like, okay, that's probably the last drive. And he comes back in, you're like, okay, that was definitely the last drive. <laughs> and then halftime goes, you're like, okay, everything's done. And they're like, oh, no, Spencer Rattler's lining up. Uh, he's uh, warming up on the sideline. And I was thinking, yeah, you better not. And he goes back in for like two more drives. Yeah, and we don't know what was said between Lincoln Rattler right. and Spencer Rattler. And the Maybe trainers. Spencer Rattler was just like, yeah, I can go. Which, that would just show toughness. I mean, if you, in a way that helps your team, showing that your quarterback's willing to play through, you know, some pain An injury, to win yeah. the game, um, <clears throat> you know, that goes a long way with your teammates. But at the same time, you got to be smarter than that as a head coach. And, you know, some some people might suggest that he needs to learn how to play while, while hurt because, I mean, all the best players, especially a quarterback, at some point in their and at some point have played hurt um and definitely ailing and um unless you're uh unless you're baker mayfield where you not only play while hurt but you play while concussed in a couple games <laughs> Remember that tcu game with ty summers yeah oh yeah that's the that's the game we went to brady's place and rewatched. Oh yeah, that felt. I I feel like on, I think the franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brady Trantham, follow that guy. I I feel Friend like I've aged twenty years since that since that time. I feel I feel like it's been. Was like, that in twenty twenty? Yes, it was. Oh my god! Right, it feels like three fucking years ago. <laughs> feels like twenty seventeen. Oh my gosh! Like this, it's been exhausting, man. Uh, but holy crap. What about Stogner? Do you feel that that's a? Do you think Riley saying that's a that's a cheap shot? Do you think that is fair of him to say, or do you think maybe not? Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the hit. Obviously, I mean, 
if you've ever played football before and you're a small guy and there's a big guy running at you, you're not going to jump up high and try to hit him. You're going to try to hit him low. So I can't really fault the safety for doing that. Um, you know, did he aim for the knee? I don't know. Um, did he hit him low? Yeah, yeah, but that was to be expected. So it's kind of, I don't know why Lincoln Riley would say that, unless he just saw something without a doubt that he's, you know, he's trying to hurt my guy. But uh, I didn't see anything too menaceful. No, it, I feel like, you, you know, if it's different if he's playing against a football player at six foot one and he's diving low at his knees, he had to dive, like leap through the air while Stogner was also airborne. And like he literally had to jump up into him. So like that doesn't that would not suggest he was going for the knees. That's just suggesting he's going for like his thighs and his his midsection. And Stogner's just so damn long. Like he he has long freaking legs. You know, you're, you're going to risk getting a massive part of your leg. Yeah, for sure. So I think those thoughts aren't warranted. I thought the, the idea that it's a cheap shot, I think, was rather cheap itself. And, you know, what, what's interesting about Oklahoma is that we have always criticized the head coaches of the team, regardless of what their record is. And Texas fans just want to win like eight games a year. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> That's incredible. But, man, we've got a break for our sponsors. But before I send you guys, we're going to talk about uh, the wonderful life of Brendan Radley Hiles in one play. It was a, it was a wonderful oh world. God. And we've got, we've got a couple other things. So stay for the break. We'll check you guys in a second. All right, Steven. So Oklahoma, <clears throat> in this game, the first turnover, they, 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 they turned the ball over twice. They forced two turnovers. And I think they also turned the ball over twice. And the first one was Trey Brown on a really good play. I mean, the, the the wide receiver did not help out his quarterback, and Trey Brown just just went downhill and forced that interception. And then your favorite guy, everybody's favorite, and how could it not? How could he not be? Wow, the Jets who are we need like a bookie jingle. God, gee. we should we should, we can make one up. We can sing it into a little tune. All of that. I know it. some musicians. We'll get something together. All right, yeah, sounds like a good idea. But I'm watching. I'm, I'm watching this Jets Patriots game, and the Jets, who have not won a game all year, are kicking the Patriots' butt right now. Was that Joe Flacco at QB? Man, tough I thought fall. Joe Flacco was retired. I thought he was too. That's why I was surprised. Tough fall from Grace at Baltimore. But anyways, the second guy to force a turnover for Oklahoma. It's Brendan Radley Hiles, and everybody's like, "Oh man, look, look who just forced Five that star. turnover. He's having a good day, and y'all haters need to shut up." And then the very next thing, he coughs it right back up to Kansas. Is that not the most booky bullshit you've seen in your life? <laughs> it's his career wrapped up in one play. It really is, isn't um, it? <laughs> technically, I don't think it was supposed to be a turnover. Um, it happened anyways because he didn't hold on to the ball. But uh, <laughs> Buki did follow that up with a – it was an almost interception, a good pass breakup on the following series. Oh, yeah, so. he was like cop- He was like kind of in no man's land with the QB. Jumped and up and – He jumped up and swatted it down. So credit Buki for not not giving up after <laughs> what was a pretty heartbreaking turnover. Was that the, that wasn't the next play though, right? Because – I think it was two two plays after. Yeah, because Kansas would after? have to get possession back because Buki took it, 
which gave the Sooners possession and then subsequently <laughs> just gave it back. right back to them for a new new uh, sequence of possession. What do you think downs. Alex Grinch was saying to himself? I, I swear to God, I saw, I swear to God, I read Alex, Alex Grinch's <laughs> lips. I read Alexander Grinch's lips. What do you think his middle name is, Alex, Alex Grinch? Uh, I bet it's something like unexpected, like something like, like... Like Keith? No, like like something English, like Laurie, Laurie or something. Benedict? Yeah. Alexander Laurie Grinch. <laughs> uh, I think I felt like he wanted to take Buki and carry him over his shoulder like you would a toddler, just sweep him up, you know? Over his shoulder and um, to, to the top of Gay, Gaylord Fame Memorial it's Stadium. It's Gregory. <laughs> this is his middle name. That's that's unfortunate. Um, and take him to the top of the stadium and just dump him over the side and be like, "This is garbage." <laughs> uh, Gregory, Alexander Greg- Gregory Grinch. <laughs> Gregory Grinch. He should go by Greg Grinch. <laughs> Man, what a badass. Gregory Grinch. <laughs> Damn. What do you think he was thinking about Buki when he took the ball away and everybody's like, oh, he's getting he getting a candy bar and, and film review. It's a ride on the turnover wagon. And then the next thing you know, he... Uh, the wagon he just, actually turns over. Yep, he gave up. He he, he, he he coughed it up. What do you think Alexander Gregory Grinch was thinking? <laughs> he's just like, fuck me. <laughs> hate my life. That's probably the most accurate. He's probably like, why did Jamar Cain and Calvin Thibodeau get all these good guys and I have a bunch of freaking midgets? <laughs> bunch of freaking midgets. You know, did you see Jaden Davis at all? Oh, I don't remember. Really did play. he I think play? he did play a little bit. I think he had like a pass breakup, and then I think he also gave up one. It was hard to tell who played because... Kansas couldn't get anything going through the air, and they were just god-awful running the ball except for, like, once. So it was, it's really hard to tell who played well because yeah. the answer would be yes. I thought DJ Graham played really well, the true freshman. Well, yeah, he had a good sequence right there. He did. Uh, Shane Witter's another guy. Shane Witter. That fourth down stop was impressive. I liked that. I liked that a lot. Where Trey Norwood decided to do the most Trey Norwood thing and dive at the guy's legs. He went low, which was going to give him the first down, but Shane Witter came over the top and stopped him on that, was it like a fourth and two? And then Norwood subsequently just decided to celebrate. Gosh. After making almost no contact. What an idiot. He's got two interceptions last week. It's true. Got to give it to him. Is is, Is Spencer Rattler the best quarterback in the Big 12? It seems like the answer is definitely yes now. Yeah, I'm trying to think who. Like, you got Purdy. Purdy. Sam Ellinger has like better Ellinger. legacy and better in better I wouldn't say intangibles. Sam Ellinger just has more experience in like this legacy about him, even though he hasn't done anything significant except that one year they beat Georgia. Um, Ellinger's probably a running back if Rattler goes <clears throat> to Texas. Most likely. I think Ellinger would be like an H back tight end sort of guy. H back for sure. Yeah. And who, yeah, who, who are the top three quarterbacks? Spencer Rattler. Rattler, Purdy. Is it... Who's the last one? Is it Ellinger or is it... I'd go Ellinger. It's not, not Spencer Sanders? Just because Sanders? he... Yeah, because Spencer Sanders, he doesn't do enough as a runner to make me think he's amazing. Ellinger 
We've already seen him run all yeah. day. So. And they're both, they both run the ball, uh, but Ellinger right. is so much more talented of a runner and so much more of a physical runner and I think as well. St- he, f- he knows his style of play, whereas Spencer Sanders kind of just goes with it. Hey, talking with OSU folks, uh, they they are very they feel very frustrated with Sanders that they feel like he's the most athletic and dynamic athlete of a quarterback they've ever had yeah. at QB, which I think is I think, I that's, think a, that's true. I, think that's, I don't know. That thing is rushing to conclusions. They had Bobby Reed and Donovan Woods before that. And so, and, and, and um, another one, another athlete, uh, Bobby something. But, uh, oh, I already said Bobby Reed. But they, they, they've had several athletes at quarterback. But I think Spencer Sanders is the best combo of athlete and quarterback that they've had. And But they all agree that he makes their team above average when it should be pretty good this year because his mistakes subconsequently, right. you know, like always come to bite them in the ass every single game that make games closer or, and this could be possible. And let me know if you think differently, Oklahoma state played a lot of cupcakes early and they're actually not as great as people thought they were. I'd go with the latter. I think they're still pretty good. I just don't think they're one of the top teams in the country. That maybe OU is not only on OSU's level, but maybe a little bit better. Uh, yeah, now they are for sure. I think early on you'd give the nod to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State for but, sure. Yeah, I um, mean they were an experienced squad. Um, they got some really talented players on offense, but now that Oklahoma's got things going, they found their you know they found their stride. It's obvious that OU's the better team. Yeah, man, championship November and. <laughs> You know, Kansas State lost that game to OSU, and, I mean, Texas they, Texas could do everybody a favor and beat either Iowa State or Kansas State, preferably Kansas State. And, of course, Iowa State and Kansas State still have to play. So, I mean, things look good for Oklahoma as long as Texas takes care of business. But, you know, that's that kind of sucks that you have to rely on them for that. But I'm trying to think. Spencer Sanders... So I think OU was kind of giving him a look after a little throwback here. Cam Rising mm. uh, flipped, but they ended up going with Tanner Mordecai. Cam Rising was the Mordecai class? Yes. Oh, that's right, because Oklahoma, Rising was a 2018 product. product. That's right. That seems so... So you had uh, Casey Thompson, um, oh, yeah. Adrian Martinez, that little brief stint... And of course, Trevor Lawrence. I know. totally forgot. I totally forgot about that. That felt like yesterday. And then Oklahoma got Rattler in nineteen. Yeah. Right. So I mean, yeah, because I remember all that going bad. And where's Rising now? Like Utah. I think so. I have no idea. I'll do some research. Gosh, that sucks. I remember he was a big deal. Switzer loved him too for some reason. Well, he might still be at Texas. Hmm. No, he left. I thought, and and Casey Thompson's still there. I saw. Casey Thompson is still there. Okay, yeah, he's at uh, Utah. Is Casey Thompson going to start for Texas next year? With Ellinger gone and Ewers no longer in the boat. Who they got in twenty? Yeah, it might be. Maybe Thompson. (laughs) Not good. Or they're gonna get you know they're gonna get some high profile transfer from some school. Hey, grad they need to develop their own talent, man. In Texas, so <laughs> um, 
All right, this is a really t- there was this is a really really tough question or t- a tough really thing to do. Give me helmet stickers. Just just f- let's not go two on offense, two on defense. Let's go just four total. Four total. Four total on the team. Just pick your four best players from this past weekend because everybody had a good game. Let's go. I think Nick Benito. Um, I think he's probably. He's he's got a chance to be better than Stryker and Oboe, because he's just that quick off the edge. I think his frame allows him to do a little bit more. Um, and then you give him the situation with Ronnie Perkins demanding a double team, Perry on Winfrey on the inside. It just looks like Benito's the guy. So uh, I think he had was it three sacks? Yeah. I believe. Yeah. So he's getting a helmet sticker. Let's go. Uh, I'm gonna give one to Tanner Mordecai because that throw to Mims in the back of the end zone was really, really good. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't finish his career out, yeah. career out in Oklahoma. Do you think he made that purpose on throw uh, that, that that throw on purpose? Do you think he made, meant to make it in the back of the end zone like that? Uh, I th- I think so because I think when he settles in, he definitely he's a dropped good in the bucket. Yeah. But obviously, you know, he has Spencer Rattler. He's like, oh, I gotta. I got to keep up with this guy. I think that kind of, you know, that weighs right. on you a lot. Right. So I think, you know, Mordecai's a good quarterback. He showed it on that throw. So let's give him a sticker there. Uh, Ramon J. Stevenson, obviously, I think he had like 170 something combined yards. Um, that one handed catch kind of shows something that he didn't really have last year. Um, and he could be a big threat in the passing game moving forward. And let's go. Uh, <laughs> would you give one to Buki? For the pass breakup interception slash fumble, you know, he did play a good game despite that one really yeah big. I'm gonna go. Play. I'm gonna go. DJ Graham, Devin Graham. Okay, because I thought he played really really well. That's fair. Give me yeah. I'll take I'll take Ramondre Stevenson. That guy, like you said, yeah. His his stiff. He is stiff arming everybody this year. And it's, it feels like he's got his a little bit. His hurdles need to need some work, but uh, <clears throat> I need him arm. to stop hurdling so he can protect his kneecaps. <laughs> uh, but like he, he seems like like he has a little bit more wiggle this year, and he's definitely big on those stiff arms. He's tough to take down. He's not going to be a guy that you take down on the first tackle or attempt. Uh, so he definitely gets one. I think <clears throat> that. Oh man, could there's so many players that scored. Uh, I think you got to give Jaden Hazelwood, Jaden Hazelwood, one uh, just because of him coming back and making a few catches and yeah. a couple of really nice catches for Oklahoma. Yeah, um, that's fair. I bet he felt really happy about about that. His family was excited. Uh, who else? I forgot to name it, but I think Mikey Henderson definitely deserves one. Mm, yeah, that dude, that dude's gonna be special. Yeah, Mikey Henderson is gonna be one of mine. It's just. The, as the year has gone on, the more and more you have seen him, just because he's that dynamic of an athlete, he does he feel doesn't he feel like the type of player that could bring the diamond formation back at OU because he can play H back, tight end, and running back. Yeah, you could run some sort of variation of that. I think so, but I don't know if you do it with uh, with Rattler. Could you imagine though, with a diamond formation, like some sort of like variation of it, of course. Where you have Stogner maybe lined up ish in the backfield, uh, and like maybe an offset, and, and then you have Mikey Henderson to the right, and you have maybe Ramondre Stevenson at your actual back of the diamond. Could be fun. That would, that would have been. We could look forward in the future. What if they do it with Caleb Williams? Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, if I was thinking. I was thinking time. that would have been a lot more fun last year with 
Jalen Hurts, which would have been actually yeah, really good. Yeah, that would have made sense, yeah. yeah. And they didn't do that, where they just ran around a lot of <clears throat> fake jet sweeps, and they never actually handed it off on the jet sweep. I think they did it like once, but still gotcha, folks. Who are the top five teams in college football right now? Because the AP and college football polls are just so messed up. Oh, man. Alabama, Florida, uh, Notre Dame, obviously. I think I still think Clemson's really, really good. And probably Ohio State would be my five, which I think a lot of people would give me. Sure that's yeah. Well, I've got Alabama. I've got Florida. I think they're very. I think Florida's very good. Uh, I think they're going to challenge Alabama for that title. Um, I think Clemson is still clearly the probably the best or second best team in the country. They were in DJ. I don't know how to. How do they? How do you say the last name? Uagaleli. 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 Yeah. But he is really good, and, and Oklahoma is going to have that Who luxury knew? next year. When if Spencer Rattler does get hurt, you replace them with another five-star number one quarterback in the class, and that's what Oklahoma is going to be able to do in the in next year. And so, what a what a luxury for Clemson to have somebody as talented as DJ. And still go to toe to toe, and honestly, probably should have beat Clemson uh, or beat the Irish with your backup quarterback fully in there. That's just incredible. That's a testament to Clemson's talent, their depth, and their coaching staff. And I, I think Clemson's going to win it all again this year. And my fourth best team, just give me Notre Dame because they haven't shown really any weaknesses, and they did beat. They did beat Clemson at home, albeit against with the backup quarterback. And of course, I'll go Ohio State because they have just killed everybody in the Big. The Big Ten, the Big Ten is awful this year. <laughs> yeah. Outside of Ohio State, they are awful. Are they going to finish their season? I don't know. I don't, they are. They are so dumb. That that conference is so dumb, and we're going to have to delay the bowl games, and they're going to have to delay a lot of other things because these folks thought they could rip off eight straight weeks of games, which they have not. And it's it was all for nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of what we we brought up in the beginning of the season. Is how is how is the Big Ten going to keep up with everybody else as far as scheduling? And they clearly have not. And it's not it's not going to work at all. Oh my goodness! That's just it blew up right in their face like the second week of the season. It's just been subsequently worse. Idiots. Like we're on the downswing. Oklahoma has a bye week this week, and then they have three games. And then, basically, if they they might have two games left after that, or just one if we just want to be unsure about it. And so Oklahoma, they're on the downswing of their season. They're almost done, and it feels like the Big Ten's just it feels like they're just getting started, and things are already falling apart. And the Pac-12, Pac-12 just kicked off uh, this was it this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And it also sounds like the Big Twelve and the SEC. And their, those groups have already had their bouts with COVID, so they're not getting sick right now. Yeah, right? I think they, uh, it's made their way through the team. Like, I got my flu shot today, and good news is about the COVID vaccine that will probably be redistributed to Americans probably next summer, uh, if we're being honest. It's going to be a while, uh, or maybe next fall. But, yeah, it, it seems like the Big 12 and the SEC and the ACC – I mean, of course, with the exception of Trevor Lawrence, apparently, 
a lot of teams have had their experiences and run-ins with COVID, and the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they're having issues because they they suspended everything, um, and they, nobody nobody got sick. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm a team COVID proponent. I'm just saying like that's what happens when you recourse and go back, and now you're trying to run off games, and, a, and it's just straight eight games. It's not possible. Like, how many games is Wisconsin and Nebraska going to get to play all this year? Four, maybe. That's terrible. And so it's like, what's the point now? What to get four? Oh, to get Ohio State in the in the playoffs. Gosh. Is the whole point. This god awful. Just got. Have you? How, how was Trey Sermon? I haven't watched the game yet. I haven't watched the game yet. I, I need to go back. And I think look. he's. Uh, let's see. We'll check his stats real quick. But uh, like Penn State would probably he did get be, some run. Penn State would probably be a really good indicator how he's been doing. I haven't paid attention to Ohio State because I just don't care about the Big Ten. Ohio State is the Big Ten. Michigan is. Oh God. Michigan is so bad. The Big Ten's turned into kind of what the Big 12 is as far as the whole conference exists just to get this one team <laughs> in, in the playoffs. Indiana is in the top 10 right now, and OU would smoke them by 30. Oh, well, Sermon's got 172 yards. Ooh, well, how many games did they play? Like three? Four? Let's see. Doesn't tell me. Okay. Well, that's disappointing. Three games. Well, okay, that makes, about, that makes sense. 36 attempts for 172, no touchdowns. Oh, well, bro, bro, if you were at OU, you would uh, be doing a lot more pretty number than that. Guarantee you that. I mean, could you imagine Trey Sermon and Ramondre Stevenson in on this team? That'd be pretty unfair, at least physically. Physically. Gosh, that's in that we had to... I'm not saying that, like, TJ Pledger is a bad player, but I'm saying now you're seeing what you've been missing out with Stevenson back. Right. Like, oh, Seth McGowan's so good. Like, no, he's not. Not yet, anyways. He'll be. He'll get. He'll get very good, but he's not to the level of those guys at all. So it's really intriguing. Who makes the playoffs right now? Right now. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be interesting. Is it so? Is it Alabama? Is it is mm, Alabama, so Ohio think, State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama. Yeah, I'd have to go with that unless, you know, somehow the Big Ten gets their schedule up in time mm-hmm. and then you throw Ohio State in there. So then the debate is basically are we taking two SEC teams or two ACC teams? Mm. Uh, Although, yes, you know, Notre Dame's independent. Yes. So. Like, Notre Dame-Clemson for sure get in. Alabama likely gets in even though they've been vulnerable. Alabama is not what Alabama used to be, and it's because the rest of the cultural world is caught up. Um, but yeah, that you got to. What's his name? Golding. Golding really hasn't uh, lived up yeah, to the bill. Yeah, he hasn't. He really hasn't. Oklahoma seems to be have gotten the better package with Alex Grinch, and you know, yeah, we got him. Uh, <laughs> oh, <God>. um, <laughs> Ohio State has to be that fourth team. That Brady sick. will pick that up on the uh, the listen. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that video. God, that video was played way too many times for my liking. Um, but. It's got to be Notre Dame, Alabama, Ohio State, and and who did I just say? Notre Dame, Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. Clemson, yeah, it has to be those four, right? Unless As Florida beats Alabama, yeah, and because Florida's really talented. This seems like a like this is gonna be like Florida's big year, and then they're gonna go back to being 
Florida. Traditional Florida, yeah. Yeah. Who loses their job first, Harbaugh or Herman? And why is it Harbaugh? Oh, man. I have to look at the buyout for Harbaugh. (laughs) I would assume he's first just because, I mean, has he been there longer, I think? If feels i mean for he's got to be towards the end of his contract i'm, I'm sure it feels forever for michigan and we fans. know herman's buyout's like 25 million so i would say harbaugh first yeah especially because herman beat a, a top 10 cowboys team no herman yeah you can live off that or that oklahoma state win for a while yeah gosh remember stories of harbaugh sleeping over at his recruits house Oh God! What do you do? You think he brings his own sleeping bag or sleeps on the couch? Oh, he just sleeps on the floor. Ugh. No covers, no pillow. You think he keeps his shoes on? You think he like wears tidy whities to bed, tucks his shirt? Oh into yeah, him? but he doesn't take the khakis off. What a freaking weirdo! Who wears? Pleats? I just remember what's his name. Uh, oh, what's that guy that was on Fox Sports? There's a lot of guy at Fox Sports. We hated him. Oh, uh, I don't know. Very opinionated guy. Loved Harbaugh. He's like, and this is why Harbaugh is the best coach in the country. is because he instills a culture. I don't know. And he talks about his divorces. I don't know. Because, like, I feel so bad for Harbaugh, too, because he was really good at Stanford. And then he was really good for a couple years in the, with the Niners. And then it just yeah. all went to hell. That's a weird trajectory, you know? Like, what causes that? Uh, I mean, was he ever a good coach, or did he just luck out with players? I mean, he did have Andrew Luck, yeah. He had Andrew Luck. Uh, they had someone else. I think they had Zach Ertz. Yeah. Was he on that team? Oh, he he also had a, oh, that really strong white boy that ran the ball. Toby Gerhardt. Toby Gerhardt. That's right. And then, I, don't, I always thought he was a good coach. But maybe he was at the right place at the right time. Who knows? I think it was more that. I don't... His brother seems like a way better coach. Yeah, John. I don't know. That's a good question. Do you think... Colin Coward is who I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. That that guy sucks. Do you think Texas would take a look uh, at... Uh, Oh, oh! Do you think Texas would take a look at the run? Who's what's the guy's name? He's the head coach of Cincinnati. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. Fickle. I don't do you think you would take they would take a look at Fickle, who is another former Ohio State? Uh, um, coach? I don't think so. Just because I don't know Texas that well, but it seems like they try to go for the splash hire. Hasn't worked out so far. No, so they went they went with Herman at Houston, uh, Charlie Strong before that. To be fair, Herman looked like a sure deal. I mean, like I remember being yeah. with Krusty Stoops, and a lot of Sooners fans were. There were some red flags at the end. Yeah, but yeah. Like even Sooners fans were like intrigued by Herman, and then of course Lincoln Riley fell into their laps. So. And you have to remember, I think Lincoln Riley wasn't the first pick for OU fans, I believe. Yeah, I don't think he was. I it. believe they wanted Scott Frost, which that didn't work out well for Scott Frost. Oh, who was the other guy uh, from A&M? Uh, Sarkeesian? No. Sark? No. The, uh, oh, my goodness. Not Sarkeesian. I know who you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember. Uh, 
It was like, it was like a weird name, wasn't it? Yeah. He coached Johnny Manziel. I can't remember his name. That was so long ago. Yeah, that was that was a long time ago. Yeah, because we wanted Frost, and <clears throat> they were upset when they got Lincoln Riley. Like, yeah, we're going air raid. We're Texas Tech North. Hiring all, so all the sure Texas Tech guys. Texas would be like, let's let's see what Urban Meyer's doing. Let's see if he wants in, because that's a, an immediate splash hire. Gosh. Although I don't know if Urban Meyer's really the Texas. They're so dumb. Like, why wouldn't you just go get, like, uh, Kleinman from Kansas State? I mean, the, that dude looks like a winner. You go to Matt Campbell's door give and you drop off millions upon millions of dollars. Yeah, or Matt Campbell. You back up that damn Brinks truck. He's not going to tell you no over Ohio, Iowa State. He'd be crazy. Or or uh, row the boat. Or he would too, He would be too, I guess, much of a good person, you know, which there aren't many of these, those that, these days. Like someone said, Josh Heupel. Yeah, because when I was I was talking to Gerald Goodridge from uh, Burn Orange Nation, I was like, "Hey, who would be some coaches that you might take a look at?" And it was really funny because I think he, he mentioned th- three former Sooners coaches: Stoops, Venables, and Heupel. And he's like, "No, the irony's not lost on me." <laughs> and you know, it, especially after that Texas game. They were in a tailspin, and they wanted anybody. Yeah, I don't. I think Herman survives another year just because it's so much money. I know they want to say like the Texas donors don't care about money, but if you're paying twenty five million to just get rid of Herman. We can just wait one year. It's not going to make that much of a difference for you. Yeah. Is Oklahoma going to be in the conference championship game? Uh, right now I want to bet yes. I think against uh, who. I think they control their own destiny. I don't see them losing to Oklahoma State. Uh, West Virginia is a little bit of a weird matchup because mm-hmm. I think I like West Virginia's front seven, um, but they're not a great team all around. So I don't really see them being too much of a threat. And then obviously Baylor. Uh, Baylor's not that good. Yeah, I can see Oklahoma in a game against. Uh, Iowa State. I could see Oklahoma in a game against Texas. I could see if Oklahoma wins out, which really, they've got Oklahoma State in Norman, Baylor in Norman, and then I don't they go to West Virginia? I think it is in, in West Virginia. And so you've got basically Oklahoma State and then two teams you should definitely should take care of. And then, you know, like all bets are off again, once again for the Sooners, but they do need, they still need a little help, right? Don't don't they need Iowa State to lose either like two more times? I think they need Texas to win against either Kansas State. Or is it the winner of Kansas State, Iowa State? Yeah, basically Texas needs to Centrally. beat either Iowa State or Kansas State, and then and then subsequently the team they beat has to lose to because uh, Iowa State and Kansas State is off to play. One of those, the one that Kansas Texas beat also has to lose again in that next matchup. Yeah, there's some cool math that goes into it. So I'm not, man, I'm not looking forward to all. Like we could, it could literally be that Oklahoma wins, but still doesn't make the still doesn't make the conference championship because of that early loss. And just remember, you know, Oklahoma had the lead against Kansas State in the third quarter by 21. <laughs> But they seem to have come up, at least personnel-wise, obviously they're improved. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, 
But I think Lincoln Riley's doing a better job as well as far as keeping guys in the game. I agree. Essentially. I agree. I think he's doing a lot better job too. And he's especially with Spencer Rattler. Well, I'm curious to see what he's going to do though because you know, you haven't seen Spencer Rattler and only what you've seen Spencer Rattler in three big games. You've seen him Kansas State, which wasn't even a big game, but you saw how he withered away and at the first moment, uh, that was his first kind of like experience of the crunch time. And it wasn't necessarily his fault. Uh, the run game was just non-existent, and they placed everything on his shoulders, and the defense wasn't doing anything. And then Iowa State was more controllable, for sure, um, but that was it felt like a defensive issue but because the offense was scoring, although they were wildly, again, inconsistent and unable to run the ball right. once again. And, of course, he, he, he ends the game again on interception. And then, but he he, ta- he looks a little bit better. Takes another step. Then the Texas game, and then he looks just he gets sat, literally gets sat, and then ever since overtime of that game, just been completely on fire. Sometimes that's all you need, though. You just need that that one game to give you some confidence, um, give you like that uh, that time to really set in and say, hey, I can I can you know I can be that guy now. Um, whereas before. You're working with Spencer Rattler, basically trying to win the game himself. It's, I mean, he knows it's it's on him because the run game is so bad at the moment. So, yeah, I think he's I think he's kind of uh, opened his eyes up mm-hmm. a little bit as far as you know. I don't have to do as much. I don't have to force some throws. Although he did have that one bad one. Yeah, that was that um, was awful. I know what you're talking about that one interception. Right. So, so he doesn't have to put it all on his shoulders per se. We've talked about this before, and you said 2022, but after seeing the defense, especially the defensive line, and all the guys that are likely and be able to come back next year, do you think Oklahoma can make a title run in 2021? If they can get Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson back and keep Creed Humphrey, those three, uh, they they have a pretty good shot at it. What if they get two of the three back? Like, let's say, or what, what if it's Ronnie Perkins... And maybe not Ramondre Stevenson, but it's like Kennedy Brooks. Uh, I don't know if Kennedy Brooks moves the needle that much. Oh, wow. I think you can do away with Creed Humphrey because I think yeah. you can get... I think you can get Rame to do really well. You can do Rame or Chris Murray. Um, give you a lot of depth at that position. So I don't want to say Creed Humphrey's expendable, but you have some pieces there to work with, yeah. whereas you don't have another Ronnie Perkins. Yep just sitting around because they're building depth seems fast now and they get a lot of guys back and a lot of guys are coming back and everybody's gonna have a full off season to prepare this man this feels like a team that is primed if they stay healthy and out of trouble it seems like a team primed for a really special year next year yeah and you, you gotta you gotta remember that uh justin harrington's mm-hmm. still there coming off injuries yeah. so it's tough not to think about uh, they're gonna be really good. They're gonna be really good. But I think, I think let's 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 close this thing down. We've been ta- we've been talking about not Kansas for a long time. Uh, <laughs> so do you have anything else? So, how good the game went? Uh, no, I mean subscribe to the Discord. Join the Discord. Uh, you know we've got I think over almost two hundred members mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. So I need to put up the live game threads a little bit earlier. That's on me. So. But uh, it's it's popping, it's popping in there, and recruiting should pick up as well, um, especially heading into early December. Yes, and we and, and since this week's a bye week, 
we uh, we might do another podcast in a, a week from today or Sunday or something like that as a recruiting podcast just to give you guys an update that we haven't really talked about in a while. So, But I think that about wraps us up. So go ahead and follow us on crimsonandcreammachine.com. Um, you know, subscribe to the podcast as a first time listening. Uh, and if this is your first time listening, you like what you heard, give us a five star review. Uh, follow me on Twitter. There's me at Camerabian. Follow the main account at CCM and Steven at OU Updated SB. We will check you guys later. It's a bye week. Don't have too much fun. See ya.